of the most important things about design is lighting. It often gets overlooked when you're doing a renovation or a new build, but it's so important. Our special guest today is Mike McDougall, and he's going to shine a little light on the subject for us. Mike, it's so great to have you. Sorry, that was kind of a cheesy introduction. It's okay. It's, uh, I, appreci- I appreciate the cheese. <laughs> You've got some great lighting behind you there. It really looks like some accenting on the artwork. Yeah, I mean, highlighting artwork is probably one of the the most overlooked but easiest things you can do in, in a renovation or a new build uh, and makes probably one of the largest differences in, in lighting a space. That's so true. Before we get into it, I yeah. really want everybody to know who you are and why are you so passionate about lighting? Like, how, That's not just something that we're born with. No, it's definitely not. And, and I don't, I, I can't even find, put, put my finger on why I'm so passionate about it, but it, it has became my career. I mean, I started when I was 19, 20 years old, uh, working in the warehouse. It's just a, yeah, like last week, I yeah. think. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's been 22, 23 years. Uh, and my entire adult life has been devoted to the industry. And, and I just, it just, it interests me. It's, uh, to see the way light played in a space and, and affected, you know, your, your mental well-being or, um, made you enjoy a space and enjoy what you're you're living in or looking at or or you know anything along those lines light just really played a big part of it and then seeing you know the in and the outs of the industry and how it worked and it just i just gravitated towards it i'm very technical and mechanical at at heart so lighting just isn't turn on a switch and the light comes on there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot to it i mean it can be that but there's a lot to it and there's a lot more or a lot of different approaches you can take to lighting a space and what needs to be lit and why does it need to be lit and how is it lit for its best, you know, to get the best from what you're trying to light up. And I think when it's done well, people don't even realize how much has been put into the thought behind lighting. It just, the, the space feels great. Although when it's bad, you really notice. Yeah. And even when it's bad, you don't necessarily notice that it's the bad lighting. You're just uncomfortable and you can't really put your finger on why you're uncomfortable. You're squinting. It's glare. It's uh, it just it's uncomfortable and you don't necessarily know why, but it's usually bad lighting. Mm-hmm. When it's good lighting, for me, you don't know where the, the source is coming from unless you're meant to know where the source is coming from. Right. If it's like but, a beautiful chandelier or some sort of jewel in the space. Totally. But otherwise, you know, you're looking at artwork. Well, your eye's going to go to the brightest thing. Mm-hmm. And if it's glare on the ceiling, you'll look at the ceiling. If the artwork's what's lit up, that's where you're going to look. And that's where you're meant to look is mm-hmm. the artwork or the cabinetry or the person you're having a conversation with versus, you know, the glare or the uncomfortableness in the room. Well, you've mentioned that you have been in the lighting industry for quite a while now. How have you seen it change over well, even the last five, 10 years? It's changed substantially. Oh, absolutely. With with um, energy efficiency acts and the government sort of banning uh, the incandescent and to the point of halogen light bulbs that we've come to know and love, it's the LEDs have made huge advancements um, and they've given us the opportunity to create really interesting designs because you're not using. Sorry, what I say it. it they're not bulky. Right. right. LEDs themselves, the, the chips are small and the drivers can be put remote, which so the, the lighting designers, it's really given them carte blanche to, to make and use different things and different technologies have come along now with light guide technologies, basically using um, acrylics as fiber optics to create and bend light. Mm-hmm. Um, so lighting has become more art and functional art than it has just a light. 
And what I think a lot of people don't realize too is that with good lighting, you're really layering it as well. And LEDs allow you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, a space is going to have three to four, a, a properly lit space is going to have three to four different layers of light from general to task to accent. Um, and LEDs give you the ability to do that in smaller scales and produce a lot of light. Um, and it really changes the, the luminaires, the fixtures that we've put them in uh, as well. And of course, I mean, everybody else knows the longevity of it and the less energy. So all those things are, are very good for our environment. And Which then, nice. and then too, though, I think it can be a little bit confusing because it's not just choosing a wattage anymore. It's there's Kelvin and Lumen and all of that. Can you explain a little bit about what those mean? How long do we have? Um, <laughs> yeah, so wattage people are, are used to thinking of lights in a wattage and wattage is just a measure of consumption. That's how much energy you're using. So a 60 watt light bulb, and I might not get these numbers right, but a 60 watt light bulb was about 500 or 600 lumens and lumens is the raw measure of light. Mm -hmm. So now you're getting so that's nine the output. Watt LEDs. how much, how much Correct. light is coming out of that LED, how bright it will be. Correct. And where you've got like a nine watt LED producing 600 lumens, give or take, I don't know if those numbers are accurate, but that's, that's the ballpark. And so it's nine Watts versus 60, but you're getting the same amount of usable light. Mm -hmm. So, you're considerably more efficient. Plus it's going to last a heck of a lot longer. Um, what we've been seeing recently is the introduction of, of an all glass LED A-lamp. So A-lamp's the light bulb that everybody knows. It's the standard style light bulb, but it's all glass. So there's no more shadowing with it. So when they first came out, what was happening is the bottom base was plastic and right. that's where the electronics were held. And you'd put it in a fixture and you have a little bit of a hard line shadow. And that was probably one of the biggest complaints. Well, now they've gotten it to the point where it's all glass. It looks like a regular light bulb, unless you know, you don't know. Um, and it's still eight or nine watts and it still produces, you know, your 600 lumens. And, and those just fix in, come in and fit into your normal fixture, your old yeah, fixture. Absolutely. Just screw in, just screw mm -hmm. in like, like before. Instead of the incandescent uh, and, bulb. Correct. Yeah. And then they've got, they, they think the ones we're stocking are 3000 K, which is sort of a neutral temperature. Uh, you touched on Kelvin and, and that's sort of the measure of how white the light is. Mm -hmm. um, incandescence and halogens that we're used to are between 27 and 3000. Fluorescence, you know, we're typically 41 or more. They're called cool white. And every environment sort of lends itself to a different color temperature. Residential use, we want to typically stick around the 3000 K cause it's warm and homey and it's what we're used to. Right. But if you're, if your space is, you know, a New York style loft where it's glass, white concrete and steel, steel grays, 4000 K looks really good in there. And is that now we have that to option like to an, put in. an outdoor light, like natural lighting? It's a bit more on the white side, isn't it? It's a bit more on the white side. It's got a bit more to the blue and the white, but it's not offensive or right. what I would label as offensive. Some people love it. I mean, I like it in the right environment. I wouldn't put it in, you know, a dark wood, mahogany, you know, traditional style house. It's just not going to be right. right. But like I said, if you've got that glass and steel and concrete, it's perfect. Or in a commercial um, setting too, like, like offices and, and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, offices, it's great. Dental offices, even higher, like 5,000K, 6,000K in, in dental offices or doctor's offices. Um, and then the CRI, which is the next 
you know, sort of level of measure of light is your color rendering index. And that's how true it renders color to natural. Mm-hmm. And I okay. found so, that so important when we were doing some design on a restaurant, because uh, it actually changed the color of food if it wasn't pure. Yeah, absolutely. And they've, they've made huge advancements. So most everything you find now is 90 plus CRI, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it first came out, and especially with fluorescence, you were seeing 70 80% CRI, which was okay. Like 70 was satisfactory, but right. not great. 80 was good because most, the most human eyes can't see the difference between 80 and 90. Um, but when you put the two together, then you could see it. And now most everything's off the shelf at, at 90, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that'll read true to what, how you would see it in natural light versus in that artificial Correct. lighting. Correct. Under those same colors, like the, 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 the color and the CRI play together. Right, like outside, uh, high noon out here is probably like, I don't know, I might get it wrong. Like call it seventy-two hundred degrees Kelvin, mm-hmm. right? Fairly blue, right? But it doesn't seem like it because there's so many other colors out there, and our eyes just um, adjust to that naturally. To a degree, yeah. But I mean, if you take high noon and blanket everything in snow, right. what color do you see? Yeah, it's whitey blue, right? Right, so much cooler. It's uh, totally. Mm-hmm. But then you take the CRI, and if that was off, it, it just it wouldn't mix, right? So having a high CRI with the right color temperature for your environment makes the lighting just sort of flow and, again, doesn't take anything away from it. One resistance that I get to LEDs sometimes from clients is they think that you're going to see the little dots, but they've advanced so much now you have the diffusers over, and you don't really get that anymore. Yeah, when and you were referencing LED strips, which is a big, big thing. You're seeing it off the shelf anywhere, and kids are putting it in their bedrooms along right. the, the ceilings. And yeah, you see those dots. But when you're putting into a useful residential application, whether it be under vanities or under cabinets or cove lighting, mm-hmm. um, they've got the tapes now where the LEDs are closer together, so there's more diodes. And then when you put the diffuser over top of it, it right diffuses it out as just a glowing strip. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's come miles in a couple of years to get it to that point. And there's a lot of options out there. A lot of the fixtures are getting a lot slimmer too. Like for accent lighting in uh, shelving or art pieces, that sort of thing, you can really get the strip lights in such thin um, measurements now. It looks so cool. Oh, very, um, super shallow. And you got to keep in mind, if you go really shallow uh, flange or channels, which they do have, you will see a bit of dots. It, it's almost unavoidable. Okay. But a couple of our lines have got it to a point where if you use this channel, this diffuser and this tape, it's smooth and, and seamless. But yeah, I mean, you're putting them, you don't have to do double thick shelves anymore. Right. Right. Like, you know, you and I go way back where we were doing you know, uh, under cabinet lights and you have to put two shelves into recessed puck lights in yes. or anything along those lines. Now you can just do the, the strip lighting. I remember way back when we were doing the under cabinet lighting and they were halogen puck lights. Not only would you get shadows on the countertops, you had to have that double shelf because they would get so hot. It would actually melt the butter and the chocolate, chocolate chips in the cabinet. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you say that because I remember, again, I've been doing this long enough. Um, that I remember a customer had uh, a waterfall of chocolate coming out of their uh, their doesn't cabinet. doesn't sound and... that bad, but... <laughs> no, but who knows what it's touched on the way out. Yeah. 
Um, but no, I mean, I'm always down for chocolate, but, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, the LEDs are just run so cool. Now they still warm up. It's not like they're ice cold, but right. it's not hot. It's no. not un- unfathomably warm. You're not going to melt your butter and you melt your chocolate, um, by having it in, in the shelf. But yeah, like that, that what you mentioned, I've seen happen. I've, mm-hmm. I've had it happen to clients. It's a yeah. thing. Yeah, but we've got away from, and and they don't last long, and they consume so much energy. So getting away from the halogens has been, I think, probably one of the better things um, that we've seen in our industry in the last little while. So let's talk about lighting trends for a second. Um, one of my favorites is the interactive lighting. You can control lighting from your phone or apps. You can change the color, and not just the temperature, but like purple, blue, red, and everything in between. And you can even turn off your lighting when you're not home. Oh, so true. Um, I'm definitely seeing more people leaning towards using the RGB or like the red, green, blues and any multitude of colors that you've seen or you mentioned in there. Um, the a few of our suppliers actually have them integrated right in the lights and they have their own proprietary apps. Uh, and it's it's not running away. It's not something that people are like really doing, but some people are starting to gravitate towards it. And I love it because color can really set the mood. Right. It's I mean, nobody's really holding dinner parties right now, but when we get back to a level of normal that you can you can have friends over and whatnot, then, yeah, having an accent light be blue or purple or, you know, red, just it really adds a little something to the space and having it controlled from your phone. Like, I mean, personally, I can't remember the last time I touched the light switch in my house. Everything's Google or Alexa now. And I've got it set up to the point where it's just like, you know, hey, Google, turn on dining room lights or hey, Google, let's turn on the entertaining scene. And it just does it. And I know it sounds lazy, but I just, I, I gravitated towards it and it's so easy. And that's the way I, I live in my space now. Um, and like you talked about, like being able to turn your lights off or on from a different location, uh, a lot of the systems have what's called geofencing. And I'm a big advocate for it because if you drive away from your house, you'll get a notification going, hey, you left these lights on, did you mean to? Nope, you can shut them off. Mm-hmm. And or when you're coming back, if you're coming home and it's, you know, dark out and your outdoor lights aren't on, your entry lights not on, you're not fumbling with your keys, you, you're 200 meters from your house and all the lights come on. And for security um, and there's other safety too, after. if you're not home, the lights can come on and make it look like you're home. Absolutely. There's the way functions. And so there's, there's so many different benefits to having a system like that, um, whether it be proprietary to a brand for the light itself or, um, a control system like Lutron's one of the ones we use a bunch and I, I just I love their stuff it always works it's consistent um, and it's affordable which is nice that's very nice let's talk about some of the other trends what styles are you sort of seeing be very popular right now oh right now I don't know about the rest of the world but right now the the country farmhouse the modern farmhouse um, with the nice clean lines but the the you know the I want to say gold. It's gold, but it's yeah. the natural gold. All different temperatures. It's, it's not, not like the brassy that we're used to. Yeah, it's not ladies. your Donald Trump brass. Yeah. It's like, it's gold. Like this is a nice, soft, warm depth, sort of antiqued brass or antique gold. They usually have the terms antiqued in the colors because you can see a little of the black rubbing through it. Right. And, you know, the black and the brass combination. But in that, that farmhouse style, I mean, I'd say probably 50 to 60% of the houses I'm consulting on right now are a modern farmhouse. Yeah. 
and kind of moving away from a lot of the delicate stuff as well. Like I find a lot of my clients, we're not going mini pendants over the island anymore. It's nice, big fixtures, something substantial that's really going to make a statement. Yeah, absolutely. Chunky, heft, size, Mm -hmm. you know, mass. So it, it, like I said, it makes a statement. It becomes a functional piece of art. It's prominent. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be in the space and it's meant to be seen. Right. Um, Yeah. It's so I would say like trendy, like that's what, that's what we're seeing right now. Um, I was skeptical a couple of years ago as we started to see that, that gold come in going, is it going to stick around? I think it's here for a while, at least in our market. We just had to get used to it. I think, because a lot of people were resistant. They just thought it looked so outdated, but it's not having to put it everywhere. Just little touches like the lighting or a beautiful chandelier over the entryway or dining table. It's not horrible if you have to change it up down the road. No, very true. And it's, it's just subtle. It's keeping it subtle and, and not being so shiny. I think if we were doing those shiny brasses again, like we did in the eighties, it wouldn't last, Yeah. but it's because it has that depth and that texture. Now it's perfect. Let's talk about outdoor lighting for a second. Uh, what are you seeing there? Um, not a whole lot different than we have in the past. Um, what we have seen is a lot of the brands bringing out, um, they all have different coastal elements, stone strong, but they're a resin, they're a composite material. Mm-hmm. So if you're near the water or anywhere on Vancouver Island, they're fantastic because they're not going to corrode or deteriorate because our biggest, not our biggest complaint is like, well, or question we get is how long are they going to last? You know, these are outdoor fixtures. How long are they going to ask last? And I usually come back with how, how often you take care of them, how often you're cleaning them. And it, it baffles people to think that they have to clean their, outdoor fixtures but they're five feet away from their patio furniture which they cover and put away in the winter and they wash during the summer and if they're waterfront they probably have you know a dock or a railing down by the water that they're taking care of and washing but it just they always just think it's attached to the house that it's just going to be fine and not have to be taken care of like you your window trims and all that jazz you take care of everything why not take care of the lights but Mm -hmm. they don't think the general consumer doesn't think that they need to do that so it's a question I always put back, but yes, they're going to, if it's cheap metal or if you don't, you know, you buy something that's tinny, it's not going to last. But these guys that are coming out with like, like I said, the stone strongs and the hardy islands and the, they've, they're a composite or a resin material and they're fantastic. And they, you can't tell, you can't tell. They don't look like plastic fixtures of yesteryear. Yeah. They're beautiful. Like they're, they're absolutely stunning and they're going to hold up in our environment. They're going to be on the side of your house. So you decide to either redo the outside of the house or sell your house. And then it's not your problem anymore. That's so true. Uh, and landscape lighting, because I mean, you just extend your living space into your yard and we're in an area where you can be outside all year. But and it's, it's dark, lighting it. You're not so going to enjoy al- it. You're almost washing the plants and the hardscaping and really kind of creating some artwork out there too. Yeah. Well, the, the phrase I coined years ago is you're painting with light. Right. Right. You do not want to see your the source of light for your landscape. You want to see the landscape and that will reflect back into the space so you can enjoy it. Before we go, I have uh, a question from one of our listeners. They're wondering for a renovation where you're updating uh, old lighting, what's the one thing that would make the biggest impact? Oh, man, there's so many. What's the one thing that would make the biggest impact? Placement. I would say placement, whatever you're going to put in, like replacing a light in the center of the room, that's just replacing a light in the center of the room. So really it's going to be your style. But mm-hmm. if you're going to do a renovation and put in 
take out a fixture and put in some recessed lights, or you're taking out your old fluorescent light out of your kitchen ceiling and you're going to put in recessed lights, putting the light in the right place Mm -hmm. to reduce your shadows and give you the most usable uniform light. So I would say placement. I agree. And two, if you can afford it, like you said, uh, recessed lights are often known as pot lights. That lighting is just so much better than one central light. Oh, a hundred percent. And I will get battled on this by electricians. uh, So I don't want to signal anybody out, but those little slim discs that a lot of people are billing as recessed lights, they're not recessed lights. So those are they're those little good wafers. in certain environments. Yeah. They're, I mean, they have their place, but as far as general lighting or billing them as recessed lights, they're terrible. Like a recessed light is a recessed light for a reason. And the source, the source of the light is regressed inside the cavity and the light is forced out in a, a, a cone or beam of light. So you don't see where it's coming from. But again, you see what's supposed to be lit up and that's the way it's done. Well, thank you so much, Mike. As usual, you really enlightened us on the subject. Before we go, where can we find you if people want more information? Um, where can we get a hold of you? Uh, I'm, I'm personally on the Instagrams. Uh, and it's just as simple. It's at Mike McDougal. Um, I think I have Facebook. I'm on there too. Um, I avoid Twitter. Uh, and then McLaren Lighting. So it's, you know, at McLaren Lighting. Um, you can search us up on Instagram, Facebook as well. We're pretty prominent there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, just if you need me, get a hold of me at the store. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mike. My pleasure. It's great talking with you, Amy. <laughs>